Welcome to Pet Sitter Confessional. Today, we're brought to you by Time to Pet and the Peaceful Pet Music, Calm Music for Pets YouTube channel. Are you prepared for an emergency? Not just an emergency in your business or a natural disaster, but for something that happens to you personally. Today, we're super excited to have Amy Sparrow, owner of Fur Kid Sitting and Services, and also president of the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters. Amy joins us to talk about her experience of having a personal emergency and how she had to adapt and change her business to overcome that. She walks us through the importance of having a business plan to have something to compare to and why you should build a network of community and support today and not wait. Let's get started. Like you said, um, I own uh, actually for kids sitting in services. I'm here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I uh, started my business in 2013. Um, after, like most of us, we um, don't like grow up doing pet sitting. We kind of started as a second career, and I um, kind of got maxed out after. 18 years in the insurance and legal field and um, needed something that wasn't so stressful. So um, I was kind of on a break from that business and started um, pet sitting, started a pet sitting business. And, you know, that the wording of you do something you love, you never work a day in your life. And that is true for me. That's what I do now. I do pet sitting. <laughs> well, and you've been doing it for coming up on uh, you know, ten years, right? This t- ten year yes. anniversary with that—that's that's a huge accomplishment. Did you ever think that you know when you start, started ten years ago, what were you thinking that your business would look like for you? Um, I, you know, I do. Um, I, I kind of do, you know, plans. I, I think I I'll constantly think about what I'm going to do in the future for it. And um, I always thought, you know, I would be successful if I can pay my bills and have some savings. And so, um, you know, each each year I kind of do a business plan in the beginning of the year and I write my goals down. And that, you know, as long as I was growing my business pretty good and had my good clients, you know, I had my, that was my goal is having good clients. Um, that. That and having um, nice clients, um, I'm very picky on, on who I have as my clients. Um, that that was that was how I was, you know. That was how I was going to be happy, and um, because I didn't want to be stressed out. That was my goal, not being stressed out. I did that. I was stressed out. I was maxed out, and I wanted to be happy. And so that's 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 what I wanted. <laughs> And that's huge. You know, a lot of people, when they talk about what does success look like, they think a lot of the financial aspects of it. They think about being able to have money, pay my bills. I, I think back to when Megan and I first started, and we just had little goals of like, okay, if this can cover our insurance, or if this can cover our gas, or if this can cover our groceries, and it kind of grows and expands. But then layering on top of that, going, well, actually, like there's a personal aspect to this as well. Of like, yeah, I want to work with nice people. I love how you said that, Amy. Like, I want to work with good people who respect me, who enjoy what I do, and see the value in it. And that we can we can add that as a measure of success as we look at the clients that we're serving. 
Uh, when I when I get a phone call, I answer the phone, and it's a new client and or a potential client, I, I should say. And they, I answer the phone, and the first thing they say is, "I need you to." Automatically, not a client. Oh. They, I'm like when I say I'm picky, I'm picky. They, they could say, "I need you to." take a check for a million dollars. I don't care. You're rude to me. You're, you know, it's, it's telling you how you're going to treat somebody. And right off the bat, it's a relationship that we're going to have. I'm going to be in your house or, you know, my sister is going to be in your house and we're taking care of your house. We're taking care of your babies, you know, if you're not going to treat us with some respect, just even calling, then I don't want you as a client. So I'm very picky on even how you're going to call and ask about my service. So that right off, when I tell you I'm picky on who I take in as a client, I'm very picky. That's yeah. Uh, that's that's really picky, but it's a reminder that you know. Uh, I think when we like when we hire staff, like the interview starts before the interview starts. But same thing with our right. clients too. The whole process leading up to that meet and greet is part of the interview process for whether you will take them on as a client. And yeah. to rem- remind yourself, if they're not treating me well now. How are they going to treat me later? And, and obviously, I, you know, I do think that there is some uh, – we have to understand sometimes people call us stressed, anxious. They're freaked out. There's other things going on. So there's a lot of pieces of the puzzle to put together, but immediately going, okay, is this how this person's going to view me and, and how this is going to start? Because you know, starting on the right on the right foot is, right. Is, is what you want. Right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a red flag from the beginning. And, and – by the time we're even doing the meet and greet, I pretty much know whether or not I'm, you know, you're going to be a client. So, oh. well, I know that's a question a lot of people have of going, at what, where do I sell the client? Right? Do, am I selling them before the meet and greet? Am I selling them on my service at the meet and greet? And and I really think it's important to view the meet and greet as like. It's if you're at the meet and greet and you're still unsure, like there there may be some other steps that you need to put in before you get to that point. Oh, they're selling me. That uh. it's the opposite for me. Okay. I I tell them, you know, we'll let you know if we're taking you on. For me, it's it's the, it's a different for me. I, I'm a referral basis pretty much only now. Okay. Um, you know, it's. You know, we're well. We're our services that we have now. People, we're busy. We're a busy industry, and you know, we should be picking and I don't. We should be picking and choosing our clients um, the way we are. You know, we're 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 a busy industry. Yeah, we're yeah we're a service industry that gets to be picky. That can be picky, right? right? We don't have to serve like we we can decide who we want to 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 serve in that context of of going you know that kind of behavior is not allowed here uh, right. that kind of language or that kind of how you're going to treat me or my staff like that is not okay and sure i know in the beginning or there may be slow times in your business where you're like oh my gosh like i i sure i'll just take them i'll just take them so that i can have that but it's the it's the going do you want this kind of person for the next 10 years or how you learn? Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have to fire clients. Then the more you learn and you learn how you want to be treated or don't want to be treated, you learn, okay, that will be a good client. We had a webinar one time 
for naps and we had a lady who kind of gave us a a sheet on like a point system and these are the ways that you wanted you know these are ideal clients on how to do points it was a really really good webinar i wish i could remember that lady's name i have it flagged because i like how she kind of you know did a these are ways that you want to be treated these are good clients to have and i love that that thinking you know these are the kind of like the points. These are kind of clients. So when I talk to potential clients and I hear their their ways of saying, if they're last minute people, that kind of stuff, I don't really like that, you know? But if they're saying, I'm booking something for June, July, I need a pet sitter. Okay, they plan well, mm-hmm. you know? Um, if they're being referred by a really good client, then I'll take them, you know, those kind of things. Because you know that they, how they're, if they're, if they're, friends with somebody who's a good client, then you kind of know that they're going to treat you right or your pet sitter's right. So, it, you know, things like that, those are kind of ideal clients that you want. If you're going to, when I first started, I was taking everybody. Well, then I was treated like crap. And they, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, I don't like this. This is not why, I, this is not what I want. And so you learn, and and I've learned. You know, it's been ten years. I learned hard. I don't fire clients anymore because those are not the clients that I have. Wow. Yeah. You don't because they're they kind of self select or self sort out through the process, and you can very so. Amy, when you have that conversation with somebody, how do you, how do you let them know? Okay, this isn't going to work out between us because that's as a people pleaser, telling people no, like that's one of like, like oh, I just feel the dread right now, even thinking, <laughs> thinking uh, about it. <laughs> I'm a blunt person. I'm a blunt person. It was, you know, um, I said, you know what, uh, on this last. I don't have any more. I got rid of uh, honestly. I, I said, you know, we can't make you happy. We can't make you happy. You're not treating us well. You're going to have to find another sitter. I don't make up stories. I don't say we're too busy. I don't say, you know, I'm blunt. I'm a blunt person. I'm not going to lie to somebody. It's just not right to lie to somebody. I said, you're not going to. You're going to need to find another sitter. We're not making you happy, and you're not treating us well. I'm I'm an honest person. You're going to get which you know, you're going to get me. You're going to get an honest person with me. And I I think that's really important because when we do say things like oh just say they're not just say you're not busy or say you're fully booked they're going to continue to come back to you over we i've we've had that we tried that in the very beginning of saying the playing the we're booked card or we're full they just they just continue to come back to you and every time you have to say okay no it's not no i'm booked no you think they wouldn't come back to you but they will 100% of the time and then you're not actually doing anything and importantly you're pushing a bad behavior off on somebody else without telling the client that it's unacceptable. Right. Right. They need they 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 need to know that how they're acting and behaving and the demands and their demeanor is not acceptable in this industry, and and in hopes that okay, well, wow, I got shut off from this person because of my tone and how I was acting, how I was treating them. Uh, I should probably be a bit nicer to the next person I encounter. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So you you came out of what you said uh, eighteen years in the legal and the insurance industry. How did you know? You said there was a kind of a transition period with there. How did you know when it was time to go full time into pet sitting, or did you just jump in with both feet? I I had a break from that. I was I was on a break from that job um, in between. Actually, I literally was on a break. I could have gone back to that business or to that company. 
And um, I was talking to my therapist. I see a therapist every other week and I was talking to my therapist and I volunteer at a cat rescue. And and I also, like most of us, was pet sitting for friends. And she's like, you know what? You When you take care of animals, you decompress. It's a very relaxing thing. Why don't you do pet sitting? And in talking with her about that, I was like, you know what? That's a great idea. And so I started researching right away. I just started researching about pet sitting. And actually, during that time, while I was working in that career, um, I needed a pet sitter. And I hired what was supposed to be a professional pet sitter. And they did a horrible job for me. They didn't tell me whether or not they were at my house. They didn't tell me how my animals were doing. I find out later they lost my key and broke into my house to take care of my pets. So when I tell you it was a horrible experience, it was a horrible experience. It was like what not to do as a pet sitter. And so I started researching it and found naps and was like, okay, that I want to, I want to join naps. I joined naps and learned a lot about pet sitting. And so I opened up my business at that time and left that job, left that career and pretty much transitioned right into opening up a pet sitting business. Mm. I learned, I went to, I don't know if you know what SCORE is. Um, It's a small business, nonprofit organization where you can meet with business people and they will kind of give you guidance and information is so most lo- most most cities have a score chapter and it's also online you can go to score.org and they kind of give you information and they have webinars also uh for business you know small businesses and so i did that as well i just i just did what my business mind did and i just jumped in and learned business <laughs> and i also met with pet sitters through naps and i said okay tell me about pet sitting and they helped me. Pet sitters helped me. They said, I said, what did you do? What do you do? What did you learn? What were the mistakes you made? What would you do again? What wouldn't you do again? And that's how I started my business. Mm-hmm. I went on to the NAPS um, accessory, or the toolkits, you know, all the forms. I downloaded all the forms. And that's how I started. Oh. And being a volunteer at a cat rescue, I had like people already, I knew people already. So I said, Hey, I'm doing pet sitting. And I had clients built in from that. Mm. So I was lucky in that the connections that I had. Yeah. And having, having that built in network. Right. And I think that's where many of us turn initially is going, okay, who do I know? Right. We start, we start really small. Where's my little circle around me? Do they know? Right. And then, and then you do branch and you grow from there. And I I did want to touch back on Amy, how you started by saying that you were, you were, you were talking with your therapist and they had said just how important pet sitting was to you and how they noticed this change. And I think, I think it's really important to note that and why it's important to set up boundaries, to be picky about the clients that we have, to be uh, very um, protective of this because we all have that connection with animals. We love this for a reason. And I think a lot of times we look up and we go, I didn't sign up for this. 
Right. I, I didn't sign up for this kind of business to be to, to have this kind of life, to have this kind of stress, to have this kind of whatever it is going on and going, wh- how do I reclaim that joy a little bit more? How do I get back to where I started and, and that that optimism or that you – know, I love that word, you know, be, being able to decompress. I hear that a lot from people of going, pets help help me. Right. But whenever my business is running me, I can't I can't experience that, right? I can't be in the moment the way I want to be. Oh, yeah. And I left that industry. I left that craziness. I didn't want to bring it to where I was, you know, in my happy place. I didn't feel like I was working doing pet sitting, you know, so why would I get stressed out dealing with people? I didn't want that in my world. So, yeah, that's – and I love animals. I love taking care of them. When I walk into a client's home, it's – you know, I – that was my happy place. So mm. it's the best thing on earth that I, I still th- see that therapist and that's all we talk about as animals. So, you know, it's the, <laughs> the best thing on earth. <laughs> well, and so this is just another, this is just a good PSA reminder that if you need talks to somebody, go out yeah. and, and find somebody to talk to and, and have that and that it, it doesn't matter where you are in your life. Ha- sometimes just having somebody to talk to is a really important part, whether it is a therapist or friend or family, that that's, that's incredibly important. And even if you're feeling like, oh, I'm, you know, things are going well, I don't need that or I don't feel like why would, still having that connection is super important. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Have you heard of Time to Pet? Susan, the pet gal, has this to say. Time to Pet has helped us grow exponentially. We believe the platform's features make us by far more professional than other companies who use conventional dashboards. They are the software gurus constantly developing and improving the platform based on user feedback. This decision was a good one. If you're looking for new pet setting software, give Time to Pet a try. Listeners of our show can save 50% off your first three months by visiting timetopet.com slash confessional. You were running your business in, in 2013, and I, I know um, just from from talking with you personally, Amy, you 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 had a, a pretty big medical scare come up while right. running your business, and I, and I wanted you to talk about that and and kind of how that impacted you and your business. Yeah, so I um, something I always do, and I think it's very important for small business owners. Um, I was a sole, you know, it was just me doing my business um, every year. What I do is I do a business plan. In my business plan, I um, kind of do a um, what I want in in I do a I do a preparation. I do a something that hey, if something happened to me because. We're uh, the majority of us are sole business owners. It's just us. I always do a what happens. You know, we're on the road all the time. I always worried about getting into a car accident and what would happen if I got into a car accident um, because we're on the road all the time. So I always worried about what if I got into a car accident. So I started taking um, some of the people from my rescue world and bring them to clients' homes. I'd always let my client know, hey, I'm going to have another sitter with me so that they would, you know, just, you know, just let them know, hey, there's going to be somebody with me. And I would have my my backups, I'd call them, with me every, you know, f- couple weekends they would come with me. And so they would know what um, I do and how I do it. And I did that for a few years. And they would kind of get an idea. They, d- they didn't do professional pet sitting, 
but they got an idea of how I did my pet sitting. Mm. So one, cause I thought I was going to be in a car accident. <laughs> that was my plan. Be in a car accident. Um, one, one day I'm at a client's house. I'm at a dog named Minnie. She's a mini bull terrier hanging out with Minnie. I get a horrible headache. So I'm, I'm like, you know what, Minnie, let's go take a nap. I wake up. I can't see. And I'm like, well, that's not good. I probably have a migraine because my auras for migraines are usually um, vision. So I'm like, ah, this sucks. This, is, this sucks. <laughs> and so I have a, a few clients left to go see. I try to go drive out to my next client. I still can't see well. So I pull over and I call a friend, a neighbor, and I ask her to come pick me up. We go to see the next few clients. Um, she comes in and helps me with that. And then I ask her to drop me off at of the ER. Go to the ER to get an IV because usually that's all it takes for a migraine. And they come in and they say, you didn't have a migraine, you had a stroke. And I was like, well, that wasn't on my plan of, you know, emergencies. I was supposed to have an accident. <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> but, you know, that, like I said, you know, my plan, my, my emergency plan was an accident because we're on the road all the time. So I call, I call my backups, my backup sitters, and I call them and I said, look, I'm in the hospital. I need, I, I need to see if one of y'all can at least, you know, come and take care of my, my other clients that I have. Thankfully, no questions asked. They dropped everything. They came to the hospital, grabbed my keys, went and took care of the, of the pets. My plan worked great on that. That was my plan. They took care of my pets. I took care of me. I could then say, okay, what am I going to do now? Um, and I also called um, a, another pet sitter that I have never met, but I knew that they were in the area. It wasn't the person who I took care of my pet in the prior years, trust me. That person didn't last long in the industry. Um, but it was somebody else um, that was uh, that I knew about, and they took care of new clients that I had set up. So mm. they took care of new clients, and um, I was able to take care of me until I could figure out what I was going to do. So that is how I was able to keep my business going in that time frame of this, whatever I was going to deal with after this stroke that I had. So, which was fun. I know what caused it. If I'm going to do a PSA right now, I had um, for women who um, have to take hormones, um, estrogen. I took estrogen for years, um, and that's caused my stroke. So I'm doing a PSA for women. Don't take estrogen. Because <laughs> it turns out it causes a lot of strokes. So when you were doing your 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 business review, uh, or your business plan, right? I, yeah. I, I think of a business plan uh, sometimes as a, as a one and done thing. Um, what You added an emergency you know, contingency plan in that. What what does that look like? How do you sit down and, and actually write that out? Do you just have a call person if this is it like an if then statement of if this happens, then call this person or, or you know, what's some, a, a good structure for us to have in place for that? Well, uh, so you got to look at what, what kind of business you have. I, at the time, like I said, was just me. I look at it as um, I do it kind of two ways. I have my 
my personal one. It was just at the time it was just me. Um, and I was worried about who's going to take care of my pets in the event of me not being able to go there. Um, so that's what I was worried about. We also here in Louisiana have natural disasters. So I was worried about, hey, we get a natural disaster. It's just me. I'm not going to be able to get to all these clients in the event of a hurricane or we had a really bad flood here a few years ago. I was not able to get to clients' homes with this flood. So I look at those kind of things and I think about contingency plans, um, those kind of things. So I, when I do my initial setup with clients, I get emergency clients, uh, I mean, emergency uh, contact information from clients. Um, I get neighbor information, you know, that kind of thing. You, you have to talk with your, um, you have to talk with your clients, you know, get their neighbor information, get their people who aren't traveling with them. And then that kind of thing. Cause all the information, you have to talk with these clients, um, not just email, literally on the phone, call them, um, because they need to be aware. They need to be aware. Um, if something happens to you, I was on the phone in the hospital calling them and saying, look, I'm in the hospital. You're going to have somebody different come to your house. They're used to me. Mm. You're going to have somebody different come into your house, uh, just so you know. Um, that was the biggest thing, um, letting your clients know that something different was going on. My plan every year, I did a yearly plan first My in January. I said, okay, these are my goals. Also, making sure my backups, I had that. Um, I also cold clients. I cold the, the ones that I haven't seen in years or I get them off my list, you know, so I didn't have to worry about so many clients. I thought about, um, um, I also got with the other thing emergency wise, I have communication with local boarding and local vets so that if something happened to one of my clients homes and I had to get those animals out where can I put them mm. in an emergency so I have contacts with a boarding place and also with a vet's office I have you know plans with them so you got to think of those kind of things um because when an emergency happens you don't want to start worrying about that what am I going to do with these animals um, I do have a background in with a fire department. I have fire department background. Yeah. So I used to live out in a rural area and we, one day a brush fire was coming towards a house, my house actually. And we, I was waiting forever for the fire department to come. They finally show up and they needed help putting out this fire. There's only one person showing up with a fire truck. And then I find out, well, it was, it's a volunteer fire department you know, you, you get what you, you know. So then I joined the fire department because I was like, okay, if you need a fire put out, you got to join to put it out. That's how I, that's how I got into the disaster preparedness and emergency. Mm. So, you know, did that for seven years until I moved to Baton Rouge. You do learn from your experiences. And I think, you know, when we sit down to think about kind of emergency preparedness just for ourselves, I love how you started talking about like, okay, personally, um, just broadly, what happens if I can't show up? Right? I think that's a great place to start. Not, you know, sure, you know, you were thinking it's going to be a car accident, right. but, you know, the stroke happened. Um, 
but the same result was the it was it, it was the, the result was the same. You were unable to show up, and I think that's you know you can start broadly like that, and then narrow down specifically of okay, now in this scenario, in this scenario, and that grows over time. And the first time that you do one of these, it's not going to be this big, massive, multi-page document with branching whatever. It's going to be very simplistically. I can't show up. Then what? What? What do I do? How do I approach that? So that you can start having that and and letting them know, right? Like the part of the contingency contingency plans for the emergency plans is not just what do I do, but how? What's the flow of communication of going? Right, right. That that's important too in the in that process. And so I found when I called my clients and said, "Hey, I'm in the hospital." Um, I have some people going to your house. The first thing they did was they worried about me. And then they said, hey, I will have, don't worry about it. I'll have so-and-so take care of my pets. Um, and then you take care of you. That was the first thing they did. I had one person who said, well, what are you going to do? That person's not a client anymore. You know, <laughs> yeah. that was, and that was a new person. Yeah. But it, so you find that, the people that you take care of will take care of you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it, it just shows you the relationship you have with your clients. It really shows the relationship. Because the first thing I was doing is telling them, your pets are going to be fine. This is what the situation is right now. Um, but like I said, I had that plan in place. I was telling them, look, I have backups. They're going to be going to your house. It's not going to be me. You're going to, cause most of my clients have cameras. So they're going to know it wasn't me at their house. Um, yeah. but, and they're going to know on the journal, it wasn't me on the journal, mm. but you know, they're going to probably want to know why, but I was going to tell them, look, this is the deal. This is mm. what's going on. Same thing with disaster preparedness. I do the same thing during hurricanes. I call them ahead of time saying, look, hurricane's coming. Um, we're doing your hurricane prep. You know, we do what's called hurricane prep so that there's not going to be something flying into a window or something. Most of the time, I'll call them and saying, hey, you know, the hurricane's coming. They're saying, hey, we're coming back early. Don't worry about it. Or we're not leaving. Don't worry about it. We're changing our plans. So there's a relationship, you know, in that where they're going to change it to where or, for instance, we can't get to their house because of the disaster. We've already discussed that ahead of time, saying, hey, the neighbor's going to take care of the, the animal in the event we can't get there. We plan that ahead of time. We have all these plans ahead of time. You know, the what if. if There's that thing on the computer that says, if this, then that. Yeah. You ever heard of that? Yeah. So we yeah. have that ahead of time. We're like, okay, if we can't get there, then the neighbor can do it. You know, if this, then that. So we have those thoughts ahead of time, you know, if we can't do it. Because sometimes it could take a couple of days before we can get to a house because of a hurricane, mm. because of trees down and stuff like that. Um, we have the neighbors that are keeping an eye out saying, yeah, you're not going to be able to get to our neighborhood, we'll take care of them. Don't worry about it. Um, the clients will say, or if a house is damaged, you know, we worry about the animals if a house is damaged. So then we have that backup plan of taking the animal out, putting them in boarding. You know, we have all these plans ahead of time that you have to think about. 
you might not be able to write it down. You can't write it down, some of these things, yeah. you know, but you have to think about it. You do. And it starts with little things, right? Like if you're like right now on your phone, do you have the contacts for the emergency 24-7 vet in your phone right now? Because right. the last thing you want to be doing when you ever have a dog that is completely, you know, you know motionless or, or hemorrhaging blood is Googling emergency yes. vet near me, right? That's that's the wrong time to do that. Now, you still may have to, or if you're doing it at that time, at least you're doing it. But the time to pre- prepare for that is just have that emergency contact in there. Save it as a favorite. Yes, it's going to be right next to mom and granddad, but the emergency vet is going to be a favorite in your contact so you know immediately where it is. Yes. And it's it's those kind of, what can I do now to make the time later less stressful on me? Because in the moment, I'm going to be running on adrenaline. I'm going to be moving a mile a minute. I'm going to have a lot on my plate. The last thing I want to do is have to Google where the address is or, or, yes. or anything along those lines. And then communicating to clients. I, 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 I encounter this a lot in our business of going, okay, do I need to tell the clients that we changed this? Or do I need to tell the clients that we're doing this? And the answer is always yes. They, they, most of the time, they don't care. But it's on us to let them know there has been a change to the plans and not just that there is a change, but here's what we're doing about it. Right? That is essential in an emergency context, whether it's for you personally or for the business. You know, you, it's Amy. You talked about being worried about being in a car accident. I was rear-ended a week ago on the way into a, a visit. I was I was three minutes away from the visit. I was three. I was oh okay. So beyond being really frustrated, it was just well. Uh, I have, I've got to notify people, you know, get ETAs, um, start circulating my backups to start coming in behind me and just orchestrate this. And every single client said, don't worry about it. We're so Are you okay? Yep. You know, are, are, is this going to be fine? It, it does. You can show up in four hours. We don't care. We want to make sure that you're okay. Exactly. And that was while I was sitting on the road, frustrated and angry. It was like, okay, well, everything's going to be okay. Right. We're yeah. going to, this, this is going to be fine. <laughs> I I'll tell you a story. I one of my I have and I tell you I have really good clients. One of my clients started paying my mortgage. I mean, really, you know, when you start, you, we are so worried about our clients and our pets that we take care of. They they really worry about us, and they're yeah. like, "Don't worry." And we are so worried about everybody else, and then they turn around and do those kind of things. So when when yeah. I say you know. You pick your clients, you get your good clients and you, you know, that is one thing that I was like, okay, I did good in, in my business when mm. I, when I did that and they started calling me and are you okay? And so she's like, you know, don't worry about your, don't worry about your mortgage. Let me worry about that for you. Mm. And I was like, okay, I, uh, one less thing for me to worry about. So you're in the hospital in in bed, and you you're you're you know coming to terms. I'm sure with the stroke and what that means, and you've you've solved all the immediate problems because all the immediate visits are getting taken care of. When did you start looking down one week, a month, two years down the line, and start going, okay, now what does my business look like? So I do a five and ten year plan. I, my business, my business, you know, live, working eighteen years in the business world, we always did a five and ten year plan, that kind of thing. And I had always done that in my business. So my five year plan was to hire um, staff. I do, and literally, I um, 
because of the way things were, I had a, I, I, I hired ICs. Um, and I, one of the people that I did was one of those people who came and started doing pet sitting right away. And I liked that. And so I contracted with her pretty much right away. Um, she, um, you know, was one of those people that just jumped right in because of that five-year plan. I, I went overnight. I went from one year to five year overnight. I just jumped right into that plan because that was a plan in five years. I would, I would grow. It was a smart thing for me to do because it, it had a parameter. It set my, my goals and my parameters like, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to grow and have people to help me. And, and so that's, that's set that again, like I said, I had a backup plan. Well, that was a future plan. And so my future plan just went into place rather fast. I did have, um, because I couldn't see to drive or anything like that. Um, you know, I had them, uh, I was able to drive to go see certain clients. I met with clients and said, look, I'm not going to be able to see your pets but I have some people that are. And so they said, as long as you trust them, we trust you. And I was, again, the trust and the faith in my clients, they, I, I have all of them still. I didn't lose any clients. And except for that one that I, you know, she didn't, she was all about her when I was in hospital, but I didn't lose any of them. And that's, that's what I did. It, and like I said, I didn't, my business continued. It grew, obviously, because now I have um, staff or ICs. That's that's pretty rapid. I mean, literally an overnight change for you. Literally I mean, overnight. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure. So how did you tackle that problem? Because I know when people look to, they go, they go, um, I'm trying to hire. Uh, so I, this is going to be multi-steps. I've got to get some policies. I got some procedures. I got to get some things. I got some infrastructure set in place. How did, how did you get all that together in such a rapid place and, and then continue to have your business function at the same time? Well, that's why I went to IC route because you don't do all that with ICs. It right. was literally the decision. Um, that was one of the biggest decisions. The other thing is my clientele are attorneys, doctors, all that. One of my attorney, one of my clients is a um, labor and employment attorney. So I met with her. And she helped me do all that paperwork with the contracts and everything. And I, I, like I said, I'm very, very fortunate in who I chose as clients because they helped me with all of that. Mm. They said, okay, we can you know, draw this up. Um, this is what you need to do. This is the right way of doing it. Um, and I, 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 I was very, very fortunate. I am very fortunate in that. Um, and so they helped me with that. Um, and, and then I contracted with those people and I said, okay, this is how we have to do it. Um, and then I have a, my CPA and my bookkeeper, they took over that part of it because I can't see to do the numbers and everything my, with my vision. I, they took over all of that part of it. Basically what I can do is work the phones. That is my, that is what I can do. I can talk on the phone. I could be the phone person. And so I communicate on the phones. And so I pretty much have to outsource everything. Mm. Um, but it works. It works for me. Um, and that, that is what happened pretty much overnight. 
Um, and I'm so fortunate in finding good uh, people to help. Uh, it started with one IC to do all of it pretty much. Um, and I met with my clients and I said, look, this is who I have doing sits right now. Um, and then I went to, uh, I contracted with um, another sitter and said, hey, can you do these sits? And she said, yep. And then now I, uh, that sitter moved and now I have um, um, another sitter that I contract with. So I have a few, like two or three sitters that I contract with. I'm very, very fortunate in that. Yeah, to get everything set up and going. And I like how you mentioned, said uh, the future plan just went a lot faster, right? And you were able to do that. And again, this is where the importance of sitting down and getting something out there, something on a piece of paper, some some idea and concept of what you'd like it to look like so that when the opportunity or the necessity arises, you can accelerate or decelerate the advancement towards that appropriately. And and I found that uh, I'll go back to score.org and also our NAPS has that too. But score.org has that business plan on it. Okay. That's so just so you know and and our the listeners know score.org has that. So you can go onto that site. It's for small businesses. But you can go there. I uh, my local library also has it, but you can go onto score.org and they have it where you can just write it out. They also have webinars out there to where you can watch them uh for your your business plans. Yeah, I think they've got like a template and resources section that you can go to and kind of p- plug in what you need or help make that roadmap. And and again, that's Exactly. It's 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 interesting to think of the context of emergency and personal emergency planning and relating that back to a business plan. But what that is is your 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 roadmap, your understanding how you want your business to structure and function over time, and then going, okay, this is how I want things to. Look. It's kind of like how doc, you know, doctors go, okay, this is how the body is supposed to function. Right. Now, what what do I do when this is broken, or what does it mean that this isn't working? Because you can always relate back to the ideal and go, how do we get it back to that? Whether that's bringing in help, whether that's accelerating something, or changing the whole structure entirely. It, it's almost like when you think about your you have a budget for your business. It's 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 a forecast for you for your you know your your business. You have to keep a goal in mind. You know you have to have a set way of doing things. Yeah. So as important as my budget is for my business, that is very important for my business. A lot of pet owners don't know how to react when their beloved pet is facing a bout of anxiety, noise sensitivity, or even depression. However, various studies have shown that animals react very positively when calming music is played for them. As a trusted pet sitter, have your clients check out Peaceful Pet Music, Calm Music for Pets on YouTube, where they can give their pet the best chance at relaxing while they're away. From peaceful melodies to soothing nature sounds, this YouTube channel is the go-to spot when your client's pet is anxious and you don't know where to turn. Complete with beautiful and vibrant animations, their videos will become your home for the tools needed to keep the client's pet in a state of peacefulness. Be sure to subscribe to Peaceful Pet Music, Calm Music for Pets on YouTube, and hit that bell so you never miss a moment of music. Well, and you mentioned that you know you you have you've taken on the role of of phones and in coordinating throughout the business. Amy, in, in what other ways have you have you had to adapt and change since your stroke, and, and, and how that's impacted what you can do in the business? 
I don't want to say I'm limited, but I'm limited. So um, I can't do sits anymore because I can't drive. So uh, I miss that tremendously. Um, I miss it tremendously, you know, because that's why I got into pet sitting is to go and and love on the animals. So um, I'm on the phone with the clients. I'm talking with the clients. That's the biggest thing. I'm walking them through how they do the, um, you know, the the system or pet sitting software and talking to them about their animals. I I do that mostly because they'll call in and, and talk to me about it. You know, I don't do the sits, which kills me. Um, every once in a while, I'll ask one of my sitters to pick me up so I can go, to, you know, go to homes and stuff, especially my originals. Um, you know, those, my OGs. <laughs> um, you know, I, every once in a while, I'll go and do, I have clients that go to, like right now, I have a client going to Egypt and they go in there for two or three weeks. And they ask if I can go and stay at their house, you know, for a day, you know, every few days, you know, and just hang out there. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. I am definitely going to go and do that because I don't get out of my house to love on my, my, my babies, you know. So that has, it has limited me in that way. Um, but I can talk on the phone, talk to my clients. I have that very personal relationship. I'm not rushed during the day. You know, but I am, in, quote, in the office talking to clients. So um, I have that personal relationship with them. Yeah, you can really lean into that. And, you know, I know that's something that you 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 valued in, you know, in the beginning as well. And so re- going, okay, this is a bucket that I can fill and pour everything into right now and make, my, make sure that my business is working for me. Yes, and and when they call and do the original um, request for for to be a client, I have that time to really fill them out and see if they're going to be a good client. So um, I'm not as I'm more of a one-on-one person versus a um, you know just go online and fill this information out that kind of thing. So I have that more of a an ability to have a communication with them. Um, on the phone. Um, I answer the phone. When they call, I answer the phone. You're not going to get the voicemail or anything like that. I'm avail- I'm able to do that. I'm able to do that. Um, I'm lucky in that aspect, but that's the way my business is. I'm not on the road all the time. So I, you know, I'm not at a client's house and can't answer the phone. You know, that's I'm fortunate in that aspect. Well, it's an aspect that many of us wish we could devote more time to as well, going, oh, I really wish I could invest more in my my client experience, my customer experience, my onboarding, that customer right. relationships, building and nurturing that and, and recognizing that you know you have an opportunity to, to make that a, a stellar feature right, of your of your company. Right, right. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. At least I have some. I feel like at least I have something to do, you know, because I'm, you know, that, that's the way my, I have changed my business um, to keep it, to keep it going. I know we've talked a little bit about the importance of the business plan and, and planning and stuff, but for a, for a, for a solopreneur, um, a solo sitter, what are some things that they need to be considering, or maybe just a business in general, when they sit down to look at a business plan and emergency planning, what are some tips that you would give them to get them started off on the right foot with putting that plan together? Definitely do it. You need to do it. You need to think about it. You need to, um, like we talked about, um, have get backups. Even if they're not pet sitters, 
I, I call it my knock on wood policy. If you, you know, you have it, you hopefully you won't need it. Um, I, I do a, what I call my knock on with, with, with clients. I have them give me their emergency backup plan. I mean, my, um, the plumbing issue. I always call it my plumbing issue. Give me, tell me where your water cutoff is. Tell me where your electrical box is. Because if I have it, I could turn off the water. I'm not a plumber. I, you know, you can have your emergency person come and wait for the plumber, clean up the water, that kind of thing. I could take care of the animals. I could take care of the emergencies with the animals, but I can't. Uh, do the plumbing, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing, you know, so my knock on wood is, you know, tell me, you know, tell me where your uh, water cutoff is. I could do the, I could mitigate that part of it, mitigate the future uh, damage to it, but I'm not the plumber that can go and fix your pipes. So um, at least get work on that part of it you know you need to at least think about it and work on it um because if you don't then you're going to be stuck oh say like a chicken with your head cut off but running around trying to figure that part out and that's not fun that is not fun no yeah and i think just like like finding those categories of what your concerns are of going okay personally what could be an issue here uh client dog or client pet right then client home or natural does that like you, you know and, and every area is different with what they're facing and how like you mentioned earlier, how you run your business what you're actually doing how you're actually performing the visits that's why all this is so unique and just going for me how would I solve this? And if you don't have an answer, right, getting connected with some really good resources and, and talking to other sitters to see how they how they've approached it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, and where I am, I'm so fortunate in the in the what I have surrounding me um, as far as we have LSU veterinary um, school. So I have a lot of that um, to to u- utilize as um, my emergency. Um, place to go for animals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have just a lot to use in my area. So more of my concerns in here are the homes and, you know, the, to mitigate the, the, the issues that we have in, in clients' homes. Um, so that is more of our uh, problem areas with the, the natural disasters and all that kind of stuff are our <laughs> issues that we have here. Well, and that's a good point too, Amy, of recognizing what are my resources that I have access to, right? Because that's going to help go, and that may be for personally, that's going, okay, okay, resource for me is um, I, you know, my car insurance, or if I have health insurance, those are resources in an emergency, or my right. connection to a local vet or a, a boarding facility, those are resources. And that way you can see, okay, what do I have already? And then right. what do I need to backfill here and find out? Maybe that could be more training, that could be different equipment, or that could be making a few phone calls to some people in the area to get connected with them to help you in those situations. Definitely. Uh, My biggest, uh, what I had found that uh, during, we had a really bad hurricane a couple years ago, what I had found that um, we did not have here, actually in New Orleans, they all evacuate during bad hurricanes and we were getting a lot of the evacuation people. um, And I had, and I, answer my phone. I just answer my phone because I never know who, if it's a client or who it is that's calling. And I found that I was just getting a lot of phone call from people that 
did not know the area, did not know what they can do, you know, with their animals, that kind of thing. So I was a resource for people who did not know, you know, what they can do with their animals, where they can board them, who was taking. Well, I have a lot of resources here that I call for my animals in the event, mm. you know, that like I was saying that I've, you know, so I was calling them and saying, hey, do you, are you still taking in animals? Do you still have? And they were like, yeah, we're still taking them in. So I was able to give you know, contacts, you know, saying, hey, they're still open, they can take your animals. So, you know, when you're a resource for other places, it helps. It helps. And those, you know, it might not be a, a client of mine, but at least I'm helping somebody with an animal that, you know, they can't keep their animals in a home where there's, you know, a 20 people staying in there because there's no place else for them to go. They need to put their animal someplace and now they have a place to put their animal. So, you know, it's not a self-serving thing, but it's more of a resource thing. And that's, that's fine for me. Well, in, in, in emergencies and disasters, whether personal or business or natural disasters, being a resource to the community right, is something that we can do. And I know you, you know, right. from your experience with the local fire department, like that's, that's a big aspect of that going, well, this, needs to get done, I can help. Here's how I can contribute in whatever way that looks like for us. Exactly. And and not to say that there is not days that I don't answer my phone because, okay. you know, so, the time right before a holiday when everybody's last minute trying to find a pet sitter, that, you know, that's not the time to answer your phone. You know, <laughs> clients, you know, is one thing, but, you know, when people are last minute, that's not emergency basis for me. Yeah. Disasters, emergencies, you know, those kind of things. So... Early on in the in our conversation, Amy, you talked about your involvement with NAPS, National Association of Professional Pet Sitters, and, and you recently became president of NAPS. And, and, yes. and I, I was curious why why you decided that, that was important to you and, and something that you needed to do. So, um, like I said, when I first started, I was looking for um, information on how to be a pet sitter, all of that. Um, and I came across NAPS, and I liked it because it's um, pet sitter run. It's a member run organization by pet sitters, and that's what I wanted to be. And that's where I asked, "Hey, is there information out there?" I utilized all the tools that we had. Um, now we, because before it was a they. Um, and when I first started, I got a phone call from a member asking me, "Hey, do you um, do you have everything you need? Do you have any questions?" And I thought that was really cool. I was like, "Okay, you know, I'm being asked information." Mm. And it turns out that that phone call was from the president at the time, um, Yvette Gon- Gonzalez. I don't know if you know Yvette, but you probably met her at the um, conference, yeah. and. She, um, and I was like, we had a really good conversation. I was like, well, that was pretty cool. And she was on the membership committee at the time. And they call um, new members. And uh, I was like, well, that was really cool. This is a great organization. And uh, go forward, I think it was five, six years later, um, I am now, you know, in the office because I could talk on the phone and I decided to join a committee and I do volunteer work. You know that I'm a volunteer person. I give back. Um, so I, um, joined at the top, then the membership committee. I was like, I can call and talk to members 
new members, just like Yvette called me. And so I called new members and talked to them and said, Hey, you know, do you need anything? You know, you have any questions about naps, that kind of thing. So I do, I did at the time do what, um, uh, Yvette did, um, to me. Um, and so that was cool. And, uh, we have monthly webinars explaining, you know, having people come in, talk about what membership would, you know, are interested in. Like I said, there was a webinar about how to choose a good client, uh, which, like I said, to this day, I still watch. Um, it was a great webinar. Uh, we have vets come on, talk about, you know, ways to um, kind of get an idea about behavioral aspects on animals, exotics, all that kind of thing. Um, kittens, you know, just a variety of things to learn about. And so I just loved that. And um, so I just joined a, a committee and as I belong to the organization more and more, I just then said, hey, maybe I need to give it even more out. So then I joined and became, a, um, I moved up, joined the board. And then from there became a secretary treasurer. And then eventually um, this year uh, became the president. So that's how that worked. <laughs> finding ways to give back right is, exactly. is what is, is what i hear about that amy is is going yeah. here's my experience this is what i've get, got, gotten uh from, mm-hmm. from help from people what way can i give back and that all circles back to being that resource in the community whether that's your local community with pet parents or the community of, of pet sitters and other pet professionals in some way of going what what resources what tools knowledge do i have and and how how can i give back in that in, the, in that capacity Exactly. I learned from other pet sitters when I started 10 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, and I've learned a lot from, you know, 10 years. So why not start and help other pet sitters who are starting out now? Um, cause it, it, like I said, it, we, it's pet sitters, pet sitter run, you know, um, that's what I love about it. L- listening to your story, you know, starting the business after burnout from, from legal and accounting and, and running your business when you, Having the stroke and continuing to operate a business that looks completely different, and, and as you've said, like even doing some things that you know, it's like, well, th- this is how I can do this, and and pursuing the the being a president of Naps. I am curious, did you ever did you ever think about you know, stopping the business and, and and not not pushing forward with with those goals and things that you wanted to do, and and, and just you know go well, that's not I've got to check that off my list. I need to find something else. No, I did a lot of um, therapy. Okay, <laughs> therapy helps. I still see. I see the. I see two therapists. One is for my stroke, um, and um, one is the therapist I've been seeing forever. Um, so I just, like I said, there's new challenges with that. Um, I um, I went through. Um, uh, I went through uh, training for for blindness. Um, and, you know, so I learned how to adapt with my, with my, my, my vision, um, which was, um, you know, very helpful. Um, so I use a cane when I, when I'm out in areas that I'm not familiar with. Um, and I have different techniques now that I learned. Um, so once I gathered, um, different ways of, of adapting to things, um, I think that that has um, helped 
you know, there, there are certain things that I cannot do. And I will tell people that is, I cannot do that. Mm-hmm. And that's very important to do. Um, you know, I've, in my, in learning, you know, working for my prior career, I've learned that I have, I cannot, I I max out. And when you learn that, hey, there's certain things I cannot do, uh, it, it's beyond me now. Um, and you have to find ways for help and, or, you know, to, to know when, okay, that's too much. Yeah. And, um, and to ask for help or to say, look, I've got to find another way of doing this. And I do that even with naps, you know. We we have a board. We have a board of directors um, that are all pet sitters, and um, you probably met most of them at the conference. You know, we uh, divide and conquer. You know, we use our strengths, and the entire board, you know, works together. Um, and 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 you you know your limits, mm-hmm. and that's what I do. I know my limits now. Um, so um, that that's all you can do. Um, I, I can't max out, you know, so, um, what else can you do? <laughs> well, you again, you lean on your strengths and I think having those good people around you is really what makes that difference of going, Definitely. you know, this is what I can do. This is how I can contribute. And we all, we all do that in our own lives, right? The, just think about in our business going, well, I'm not the best with like bookkeeping and numbers. So I'm going to find CPA to do that. That's not my strength. I don't want to do that. And so we, we look at both the need, the, 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 the ability and the necessity. To, to make those changes in our business, to make sure it's working for us. Right, right. We do blogs. So NAPS does blogs like every week, I think, on our thing. I can't read those. I can't read those. To my, I have a limited vision uh, for, for reading things, and I use a machine to help me read. I, I'm like, no, I, that's too much for me. So those go to, uh, that goes to a, a committee that goes to a, a marketing committee to read and review. You know, so I know my limits. Well, Amy, I want to thank you for spending your time today talking with us about your your, your journey in pet care and encouraging us to get that emergency plan because we never know what's going to happen. And just starting with something is the biggest thing that we can do. And uh, for sharing about NAPS and your role with that, but there's a lot that both NAPS does and that you do. So how can people learn more about NAPS and get connected with you uh, if they want to learn more? Sure. So NAPS is uh, petsitters.org and um, a lot of information out there. And um, I definitely suggest people go out there and look at it. Um, if you have any questions on that, you could just email NAPS at petsitters.org and, um, you know, that information can be responded to easily. Um, for me, you can reach me at amy at uh, furkidsitters.com. Um, my website is forconsiders.com. And I will have links to everything that we've talked about in the show notes, including to uh, score.org, uh, so that people can get that in, um, and, and start checking out all those links and resources. Amy, I'm so thankful for time to get, get to talk with you today and, and everything that you've learned. And um, I have some things that I have to do for my emergency preparedness list now. So <laughs> I, appreciate, I appreciate that. So um, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on, Amy. Sure. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Many of us may be scared away of implementing or trying to sit down and plan out a business plan. 
But the power comes in is that it is a plan you have on a shelf for this is where I want to be, this is how I want to be operating, and this is what that would look like and how I would make that work. This isn't just so that we can meet our milestones or that we can know how to progress from our business plan to business plan, while that is also important. It's also a great way when emergencies strike to move or shuffle back or rearrange our thought processes for what we thought our businesses would look like. It makes us project and forecast into the future for possible outcomes. It makes us look at the landscape of obstacles in our way for running our business and make sure we have accounted for them appropriately. When we are forward-thinking enough to implement these kinds of plans, we are setting ourselves and our businesses up for success. We want to thank today's sponsors, Time to Pet, and Peaceful Music, Call Music for Pets YouTube channel. We want to thank you so much for listening and contributing and being part of this community. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, and we'll be back again soon. Thank <laughs> you.